Hi, I'm Karen Osborne, and this is Living in the Sandwich Zone, a place where each week we talk all things parenting, caregiving, juggling life, and reclaiming joy. Hello, friends. Well, it has been back to back to back to back, just intense, huge transitional weeks for me. This past weekend uh, was family parent orientation at USD, Zach's University. So we went down to check it out to see what was happening and how Zach was adjusting. Zach did a week-long summer bridge program geared towards supporting underrepresented students, and it seemed to have been just a magical and wonderful experience for him. He met a lot of people. He was able to move into his dorm room and get settled and kind of acclimate to being on campus. So by the time time general move-in day came around, he was already set and ready to go. And so we all met up and we did the family orientation meetings and breakouts. And it was good. It was a good weekend. Uh, Lenny and I had an adventure and took the train down to San Diego so that we wouldn't have to deal with, you know, weekend Friday traffic. And Matt was able to drive down earlier in the day and take the rest of Zach's stuff that we hadn't moved yet. And so it all worked out really, really well, and it was fun. And I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is that my child seems happy. He seems just excited to be there. He's met really cool people, and he just feels like a sense of belonging already. And school actually hasn't even started yet. In fact, when this episode airs, it will be the first day of school, first day of college classes for Zach. One thing I mentioned in the previous episode is that, you know, I was really, I was really, you know, waffling between these feelings of excitement and, you know, staving off the feelings of sadness um, about Zach going to school and really coming to the recognition that it all distilled down to choice. I could choose what I decided to focus on. And it definitely, definitely helped that Zach seems happy because that helps me to stay focused on his joy and his excitement and the comfort I see in him being in his new surroundings. So that is fabulous. When we went down, um, when we first met up with Zach over the weekend, I think I had had such a great week. He had made his phone call home and talked to us, and we heard in his voice the excitement and glee. Well, when we met up with Zach, he was none too pleased. <laughs> it just seemed like he was just, he just, he, he did not greet us with that effusive energy. Let's put it that way. And it made me think back to, it made me think back to a counseling session. Matt, Lenny, and I have been doing family therapy with a DBT, dialectical behavioral therapist. And the most recent session that we had 
really talked about the stories that we tell ourselves. And this is also something that Brene Brown talks about a lot in terms of looking at the bare facts, but then really digging deep to figure out what kind of judgments or biases or stories we're telling ourselves about those facts. So, for example, when we went to Zach's dorm room and he just was sort of dragging and didn't seem excited to see us, the story I told myself initially was, dang, come on, man, show a little more excitement. (laughs) And the therapy session that we had taught me to do something else. It taught me to take a pause and to ask, what else could it be? What else could it be? Instead of the story I started to tell myself about, he just is not excited to see us, you know, come on, just muster up a little energy, you know, show some gratitude, that kind of thing. When I stopped a minute and paused and asked, what else could it be? I was able to give space and leave room for the fact that, oh, you know what? He's probably really, really tired. They had those kids getting up at 6 a.m. every day and in some kind of activity till well into the night. So he's probably really tired. It's probably not a function of him not being excited to see us. So I think that that therapeutic point really landed with me and I was able to not just roll with that story I started to tell myself in my head that was going to stir a bunch of emotions that were not going to serve me or bode well for the weekend. I'm going to share with you another event that was eye-opening in this regard too. So over the summer, the four Osbournes, we all traveled up to Seattle and our family hasn't done much flying since the pandemic. We, we flew up to Oregon when Zach was looking at colleges. But other than that, this was really, this trip was one of two that we've taken in the last several years. And on our way home from that trip, we got to the airport. And as we're going through the airport, this very nice, kind um, airline attendant beckoned us over to check our bag. You know, so what we do in our family, you know, I'm, I'm just always appalled by the amount of money they charge to check bags. And so I think every single bag you check was 40 bucks. And so what we do in the Osborne family is like, okay, everybody, <laughs> get all your liquids, all the things that can't be carried on in the plane, and let's put it in this one duffel bag, which we did. Well, on the way back, this lovely airline attendant, he said, here, come on, I'll I'll hook you up, you know. And he was inviting us to check another bag. At least that's what I thought. And so we checked our standard liquid bag. And then Zach handed over his um, duffel bag. And here's the story I started to tell myself in that moment. First of all, on the way up, on the flight up, they almost made me check my bag because they said it was too big. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so here I am with a bigger bag. It makes more sense to check my bag instead of that other bag that Zach had. But then on top of that story, 
was like, I cannot believe that Zach just handed over this bag and didn't even look back to check with me to see if I wanted to check my bag. And so starts this sequence of events. So the liquid bag is checked, Zach's bag is checked, and there I am literally and figuratively dragging my baggage through the airport, kind of internally seething about how all this went down. Because I'm thinking, I want to raise a gentleman. I want, you know, either my husband or my son to, you know, inquire and say, hey, can I get your bag? You want to check your bag? But that didn't happen. So I keep plodding through the airport. And in my head, there's this whole dialogue I'm having with myself about, okay, so I feel like I should tell Zach. I feel like I should say something because, you know, I know that I want to raise a sensitive, kind, chivalrous son. And, you know, here's the deal. I know I might get a little pushback, but I, I do. I want somebody to ask me. I want the guy I'm with to ask me or my son to ask me if he can give me a hand. I do. I just do. But in my head, what happened was that without even a blink, when the offer was to, you know, check another bag on the house, Zach immediately just handed over his bag and went on his merry way. So like I said, there I am, trudging through the airport, just kind of, just ruminating on this, the whole thing. And in my head, I'm saying to myself, I want to say something, but I know if I say something, then Zach's going to get annoyed. And then that's going to just cause another layer of tension. We had had a little bit of tension toward the end of the trip. And I didn't want to do that. But I also, you know, felt like I needed to step up to the parental plate and just share this little bit of my experience so that if something similar in the future occurred, then he would know. I don't know about you, but in my parental journey, I do a lot of this. I do a lot of this, you know, weighing the pros and the cons of a particular course of parental action and just realizing, I think, especially when you're tired and just don't have the energy to deal with another layer of tension. Sometimes I forego saying something just to avoid compounding the problem. But in this case, I kept going over in my head. And of course, on this particular day, the line for security was ridiculously long. I mean, it was like a Disneyland-esque queue, just serpentine back and forth. And it took forever. So finally, as we're standing in this line, I, I decide to say something to Zach. And I simply say, I don't launch into my whole diatribe of chivalry and all of that stuff. I just simply said, hey, you know, the next time we have that opportunity to do a bag check, maybe we should have just like a little conference to see which bag would be the best one to check. And at that point, Zach said to me, 
Well, mom, he said he'd check all the bags. And I was dumbfounded. I had not heard that. That was not my experience. And I just assumed that he was offering to check one more bag on the house free for us without a charge. So all of that seething, all of that ruminating, all of that having this dialogue of, I wish, you know, the guys in my family would be more chivalrous. All of that was a function of the story I was telling myself. And it was not based on facts. So I share this with you because I think that it's so important. I think it's so important for us to take a moment and pause and think about the facts of any given situation and then what story we are telling ourselves about those facts. Because oftentimes, like in this airport story, the story that I chose to tell myself wasn't even based on the facts. I guess that's my, that's my insight of the day. That has been a really profound insight for me. And I think the more that I stop and look at just the facts, ma'am, the more I can, the more I can, um, the more I can get out of that sort of well-worn groove of just jumping to the conclusion about the story that I'm telling myself. So like with this college visit, it's helpful because instead of me jumping to conclusions about Zach being, you know, moody or ungrateful or whatever, I was able to stop and pause and ask myself, what else could it be? And there were a lot of other answers to that question than what the story was that I was telling myself. I just wanted to share this little bit of learning because For me, it's made a really big difference. So whether it's a moody, broody teenager giving you short shrift or the cashier who's ringing you up for your takeout order that didn't smile or greet you and just looks irritated and disinterested or your spouse who didn't respond when you said good morning, just ask yourself, what else could it be? And in doing so, you give yourself an opportunity to avoid a lot of unnecessary angst and irritation and rumination and sometimes unjust conclusions. And you give the other person the benefit of the doubt. I'm Karen Osborne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living in the Sandwich Zone. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, and share it with a friend. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, one of the best ways you can support me is rating and reviewing the podcast there. You can follow me on Instagram at karen.e.osborne, that's O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Or if you want to become an insider, a club sandwich member, click the link in the show notes and join my private Facebook group. Until next time, remember to add yourself to your caregiving list and take a moment today and do something that brings you joy.